folks, and welcome to NTI's Japan Real Estate Property Investment Podcast. I'm your host, Ziv Nakajima again. It's been far too long since we last met. My apologies for that, and thank you for your patience. As I was mentioning on our last episode more than a month ago now, the main reason for that was a long business trip to Thailand, where myself and a business partner met to look into a potential personal holiday resort deal, along with our friend who's going to be the designated resort manager. Just as a quick update to those among you who have expressed interest in this project, the original resort we were considering turned out to be off the table as the owner unfortunately passed away and his children are not currently interested in selling the place. When one door closes, another opens though. And in this case, it actually opened very, very wide. We hooked up with a very enthusiastic and resourceful real estate agent on the ground in Kupangan, who introduced us to another resort that's currently up for sale. And this one is simply amazing. The greatest advantage is that as opposed to the previous place we were looking at, it's actually a very well-run business, meticulously documented and very profitable. And there will be no need to improve on anything in the short term, build any additional facilities or structures, start to market it from scratch or hire any staff, etc. It's a fully turnkey, high-income generating well-oiled machine, and if the numbers work out, we hope to shortly be finalizing the deal and move towards settlement in the next few months, if possible, so that we can immediately capitalize on existing bookings, which the resort already has for the up-and-coming high season, which starts in December in Thailand. So to those of you who have already expressed interest, we'll be sending some updates your way very, very soon. And if there's anyone out there who hasn't contacted us yet, but is interested in joining in on this uh, investment opportunity, which as mentioned, also comes with a bonus in the form of usage rights up to two weeks a year or more. Now is most definitely the time to do so. So hit us up in the comments section or through one of the links in this podcast's homepage, and we'll send you the full information package as soon as it's updated. Okay, so back to our topic, Japan. In this episode, and back by popular request, is yet another deal analysis and breakdown of a Japanese property investment deal. Now, some of you have been asking us to focus on some of Japan's less known investment destinations, places that we've been successfully operating in with good results, but may not be as well known to the international and expat market here in Japan. So for today's deal analysis, we're going to be looking at a Kumamoto residential property. Kumamoto is actually a perfect example of these overlooked investment destinations. It's a medium-sized city, which is slowly but steadily growing in population towards approximately 800,000 people. Located in Kyushu, Japan's western landmass, about two hours' drive south of Fukuoka, a city which we've discussed here time and time again, and is Japan's gateway to Southeast Asia. Kumamoto, on the other hand, is Kyushu's gateway to the lush region around Mount Aso, which is a dormant volcano surrounded by natural hot spring resorts, hiking trails, plenty of beautiful old temples and quaint little villages, and is a very popular destination for both domestic tourists and for those Southeast Asian holidaymakers who land in Fukuoka for a short week or a long weekend holiday and just can't be bothered to make the long journey to Tokyo, Osaka or Kyoto etc. Kumamoto also has a beautiful old castle, which unfortunately was damaged in an earthquake in 2016 and is now undergoing renovations and repairs. 
Other f- uh, factors which contribute to the city's growing popularity and its position as an attractive investment destination are the fact that it's a regional hub for the manufacturing of electronics and semiconductors. Two mega solar farms were built in the area in recent years as well, not just in Kumamoto Prefecture, but also in the neighboring prefecture of Oita. And its advanced governance as far as support for the elderly, the disabled, and otherwise economically impaired is concerned. Policies which include a wide variety of welfare, part-time employment, and social inclusion programs for these people, far beyond what's normally available in other cities around the country. So as a result of all of that, prices have been going up in the city in the last few years, although not nearly as sharply as in Tokyo, Fukuoka, and some of the more popular hotspots in Japan, which means that we quite regularly find deals yielding up to 8% or even 9% net pre-tax yearly. The property we're reviewing today is a 20-square-meter studio unit with a balcony and a kitchenette, priced at 2.1 million Japanese yen, which at today's rates is about 18,500 US dollars and generating about 17,000 Japanese yen or about 150 US dollars net pre-tax per month. This is after all operating and purchase costs have been deducted, which means that the annual yield is just under 10%. So absolutely spectacular for any medium or large city in Japan these days. Located in a building built in 1985, which, as some of you may recall from previous episodes, means that it's up to the latest earthquake-resistant building standards, which were reinforced for, um, concre- for reinforced concrete structures uh, were introduced here in 1981. The unit has a laundry machine area set up, including a dedicated alcove with taps and drainage, which means the tenants do not need to use laundromats. A very attractive feature, particularly for single females. The current tenant is actually a company which is using the apartment to house employee, uh, what's called a company dormitory here. So steadier and more stable than your average residential tenant. And it's quite likely that even if the current employee stops living there for any reason, the company will simply continue the lease and place another employee in the property in their stead. The building's renovation history, also quite robust, All large ticket items, which are normally required every 10 or 15 years for building of this age, things like the exterior, the roof, the elevators, and even the intercom systems for the flats, these have all been done over the last decade. So the risk factor here is quite low as well. Even better, those 2016 earthquake damages um, that we've just discussed have already been inspected, reported on, and fully repaired. So there probably won't be any surprises hiding down the track in this regard as well. How about disadvantages? Well, the reserve funds pool is quite depleted, not completely empty, but only covering up to about 10% of the price of the purchase per unit owner, assuming a similar purchase price to this one. Considering the renovation history we've just covered, though, it definitely looks like those funds are being put to good use. So... The chances of building fee hikes or one-time charges to property owners, which might happen in some properties because of large renovations or repair issues that are suddenly deemed necessary, chances for that are slim. Another disadvantage is that the property is located a 15-minute walk from the nearest train station. 
In Kumamoto specifically though, this isn't a big issue since the city isn't really a train and subway town. It does have a train network, but a very limited one. And the main mode of public transport is actually trams, electric streetcars. And there's a tram station just a few minutes walk from the building. The last slight disadvantage, um, and as in many other cases that we've covered here in the past, is the smallish unit size. This means that the vast majority of tenants would be singles, which makes for slightly shorter tenancies statistically. This particular property, though, is a bit larger than most studio units, which can be as small as 15 or even 12 square meters. This one is 20 square meters, so it is possible that we'll have the occasional struggling young couple as a tenant or a single mother with a young child. So slightly wider potential tenant base there. And of course, a smaller property means cheaper renovations between tenants because there's simply less interior space that needs attending to. So all in all, considering the price and return, the disadvantages here are more than compensated for by the advantages of the deal. And it was very easy for us to green light it to the customer. And the customer in this case was a young professional from the US um, for whom this is the third property purchase. And as well, diversity and hedging, of course, are crucial in any investment portfolio. So considering the fact that this customer's other two properties are larger, newer and more central metropolitan properties generating lower yields on average, and the fact that the price of this property only constitutes about 20% of the value of the assets in his portfolio, he was more than comfortable in going for something a little bit more adventurous and higher yielding in comparison to those and also to help him further spread his geographic and socioeconomic diversity. So win-win scenario from his perspective and knock on wood, he's had no issues with this particular property since he purchased it, which is over two years ago now. Okay, that's probably it from us today, folks. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and please do share the love if you have via your social networks, simply word of mouth, Anyone can find our podcast by simply searching for Japan Real Estate Podcast, either on your favorite search engine or in the iTunes uh, store or the Google Play Store. We're always first place in those search results and hopefully for good reason. And also thanks again for your patience. It has been quite a while since our last episode was published, but as mentioned, that's hopefully for a good reason as well. So do hit us up if you'd like to receive more info about my little pet Thai holiday resort project. And lastly, if you've got a couple of minutes to spare, we'd really, really appreciate it if you could rate us. That's in the iTunes store or Google Play Store again. Please do leave us a rating. Even if you think we suck, it'll help us improve. And definitely, if you think we rock, we'd like to hear about that as well. We hope to be going back to weekly episodes from here on. And we definitely hope to have you with us next time. Until then, as always, from all of us here at Nippon Tradings International, we wish you all happy investing. <laughs>